Support for Speaking of Travel comes from Asheville Regional Airport, Western North Carolina's gateway to the world. Your safety when traveling to and from Asheville is and always will be our top priority. Asheville Regional Airport. Visit flyavl.com for all your current travel information. Prestige Subaru, offering a variety of new and pre-owned all-wheel drive Subarus. Built with the zero landfill promise, all waste is recycled or reused. With more at PrestigeSubaru.com. Asheville Rooftop Bar Tours. Enjoy springtime on this award-winning three-hour experience, putting you in the middle and on top of Asheville's scenic beauty and intriguing history. Enjoy handcrafted drinks and delicious food, all led by a local expert guide. Tours offered daily and year-round with transportation provided. Visit AshevilleRooftopBarTours.com And by RomanticAsheville.com Create your perfect vacation in the land of the sky with the region's most popular online travel guide. Plan your next getaway to Asheville and the North Carolina Blue Ridge Mountains by visiting RomanticAsheville.com Welcome to Speaking of Travel with Marilyn Ball. Sit back and be carried away to places around the world and right here in our own backyard. No passport required. Hi, this is Marilyn Ball. Welcome to Speaking of Travel right here on iHeartRadio 570 WWNC. And remember, you can always listen to this episode of Speaking of Travel or any past episode with a simple click on the Speaking of Travel website. That's speakingoftravel.net and on pretty much all podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app, Buzzsprout, Pandora, and Amazon. And be sure when you visit speakingoftravel.net to sign up for the Travel Club. You'll receive travel news, helpful tips, and links to stories from people who have a unique take on the world and their surroundings that are captured through their amazing photography. My guest today is Stephen R. Brown, a professional photographer and writer based up in Washington, D.C. Stephen's images and articles on photography have appeared in Smithsonian, Life, Newsweek, Time, The New York Times, National Geographic, just to name a few. And his work has been exhibited in solo shows all over the world. His passions are many, and he's created a life of doing what he loves and allowing what feels right for him as some amazing opportunities have unfolded. I first met Stephen up in Washington, D.C. through his work with Honor Flight, a national network of independent hubs who work together to honor our nation's veterans with an all-expenses-paid trip to the memorials. And I'm so excited to have him here today to talk about his incredible career. And Stephen, it is just such a pleasure to have you on Speaking of Travel today. Well, it's lovely to be here, and um, I'm so enthused to to talk about um, Honor Flight for one, and um, spread the word. And and um, and photography has been great for me. It's been an amazing experience. I, I've I've gotten everything I wanted out of it, and uh, and more. Uh, yeah. So, give us a little backstory, Stephen, on your incredible life. I mean, you have such a legacy happening here with these beautiful, beautiful photos and and really being able to take advantage of 
amazing opportunities throughout your life. Give us a little backstory on how that all unfolded for you. Well, I originally trained at the university as a teacher and and taught in, in Philadelphia uh, and went to work on a PhD at the University of Kentucky and um, found that extremely boring. And uh, so I went back to New York. Uh, my roots are in carpentry and I went back to work as a carpenter for a couple of years and and um, my, my wife and I got together, and, and so we decided, since she's in international affairs, to uh, move to Washington. And so on January 1st, 1976, the 200th anniversary of the country, we moved to Washington. And she got a job the first day. Um, I, didn't, I didn't get a job for a year. But the job I got was with Time Life Books. And we did those famous uh, home repair and improvement books, the cooking series. So I think I produced about 18 of those books on home repair and improvement. And during that period, I'd always wanted to be a photographer. I was the book manager, so I was able to hire the most famous photographers. And I would hire people who knew and specialized in what I wanted to do or wanted to learn in photography. So um, I had Fred Maroon work for me, Phil Hunter. Um, and so for three years, I produced these horrible books. And um, and then I, I went to Europe for six weeks. They gave us too liberal a, a vacation policy. And um, I brought my cameras and I came back and quit. And um, uh and just went up to um, Life Magazine and um, introduced myself to the director of photography who gave me an audience because I had worked at Time Life Books as a writer. And when I asked him later on what, what why he hired me or why he talked to me, he said, because I thought you were a writer looking for work and I thought I'd pass you on. So anyway, he gave me an assignment and... Um, uh, and to work with Life Magazine, and, and, and really it was an assignment that was doomed to fail. And uh, I, <laughs> I made it succeed. It was the, um, the panda. In, so now Life Magazine had spent a fortune on getting, photographing the panda coming from London to Washington. They were going to mate. It was going to be a happy couple. Uh, it was going to be a great, another great magazine story for Life magazine. And they had a photographer fly over with the panda. They had me at the, at the National Zoo for, for three weeks. And finally, the zookeeper came out and said um, uh, he bit her on the vagina. <laughs> so that was the end of a really very expensive story. And so I went home that night um, thinking that's the end of that story. And about midnight, the director of photography called me up and said, can you get to Mexico by noon tomorrow and to, to Mexico City? And I did. And I walked through Chapultepec Park from one end to the other with about 75 pounds of strobes, got to the zoo at three o'clock just as they were closing and uh, managed to get a photograph of the baby panda. And it was a classic kind of Madonna scene where um, they were in low light and there was just a little bit of window light coming in and I had a tripod. And um, anyway, I got the shot. 
and it was the back page of Life magazine, which I think they called at the time just just one more. So what had been meant to discourage me, and oh, I also sold that photograph over and over and over again within that week. I made a, a great deal of money. So rather than discouraging me, it only <laughs> only encouraged me. And so um, I, I was up there all the time. I would, um, I would carry other photographers' film. Uh, at the time, we would, we would actually get on the Eastern shuttle and fly the film up to New York uh, every day. And um, I would do that so that I could drop off their film and my film if I had any. Um, and then I would ride the elevator from uh, uh, 11 o'clock to 1 o'clock because all the magazines were on 25 to 31 in the Time Life building. And I would run into art directors <laughs> who would see my camera bag and say, what are you doing? And uh, I'd say I'm available. And so I would get a tremendous amount of work uh, just by hustling. Well, you've made that into a career and you took it one little step like that into a career that has just worked magic for you in so many ways because you've had just these incredible opportunities. But I want to ask you real quick. So you're talking about this incredible image and I can just imagine it, the uh, panda and the mother panda. And what for you makes a great image stand out from just a good image? Well, I, I think at this point I've been doing it so long that um, I, I tend to think of it how well it will sell. And um, that makes a great image. I, I really don't know. I take a lot of photographs. And so people pick them. And sometimes I'm totally perplexed about why they picked that photograph. And then I come to see it. So sometimes my clients really are the people who give me let me know what I'm doing right. Because I, I don't always know. I'm, I'm oftentimes I come onto a scene and I'm confused. And, and my job as a photographer is to order it visually. And um, so uh, when I'm so confused, I just start shooting like crazy. And, um, and then we all have to edit, edit the garbage. But uh, when I teach, I take all of my, I tell all of my students I'm going to throw away 90% of their film. And I do. So when I taught with film, I would just uh, get a big light table and, and, and throw it all in the trash and they would be shocked. But I would do the same for my film. And I guess that's how you become a good photographer is you throw away a lot of film. And um, yeah, I've, done, I've, I've thrown away a lot. Well, when we come back from the break, Stephen, I want to talk about uh, the transition because we talk about film, but I, I want to talk about the transition that you made from film photography to a more digital approach and how that worked for you. And also, I want to uh, find out more about your books and give us, an, give us your website so people can be looking up your work as, we're, as they're listening here. What, what's the best way people can find out about you? The best way is SRB, Stephen Robert Brown, srbphoto.com. So it's pretty simple. It's just the srbphoto.com. So uh, that has a lot of um, material. It also has a bookstore on there where you can buy books. And it's got it all. 
Well, you've got it all going on. You're, you're living my dreams. So when we come <laughs> back, we'll pick up right here and find out more. This is Marilyn Ball. You're listening to Speaking of Travel. I'm here with Stephen Brown, a professional photographer and writer and just bigger than life kind of guy. So stay tuned. Buongiorno, this is Mark Smith, President of Private Italy Tours. We look forward to welcoming you to Bella Italia later this year. Our September Sicily tour is based at a spectacular villa on the Ionian coast, and our October tour to the province of Puglia is based at a fabulous winery for the first four days of the tour, and then we move to an incredible restored 13th century castello near Trecase. We are confident that our approach to outdoor tourism, that is, visiting the majority of locations outdoors, those that do not require us to be in close proximity to other visitors, is the safest and easiest way to enjoy visits to Italia on our tours this year. The Italians are ready to welcome us back. With our deposit special, details are available on our website, your investment in the tour to confirm space is fully refundable. Join us, a presto in Italia, private-italy.com. Spring is in the air here in Asheville, North Carolina, and we're so excited because now is the time to join Asheville Rooftop Bar Tours on their exciting three-hour rooftop experience. You will enjoy city history, handcrafted drinks and food, breathtaking views, Reserve seating and a local guide leading the way, and they take care of the driving too. Enjoy the VIP treatment on this TripAdvisor award-winning tour. Tours seven days a week. For more information, visit AshevilleRooftopBarTours.com. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars. Let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. In other words... Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball, and I'm here today with my guest, Stephen R. Brown. Stephen is a professional photographer and a writer. He's based out of Washington, D.C., and he's really so much more. Stephen, you have so many interests. You're sailing, the beautiful pictures you take on the Chesapeake, your beautiful photos of Washington, D.C., the publishing and the books that you're doing and I definitely want to talk to you about the work that you do with the honor flight so where to begin let's talk about uh, let's talk about your books because that's an area that you kind of transitioned into over time how did you first start getting into doing the publishing portion of the program well my first job was as a writer at time life books and so um it was pretty easy to come back. If you look at my books, they're about 120. The original books were 120 pages. They were the identical format as Time Life books. So I was just repeating myself 30 years later. But uh, the books for me have uh, freed me from uh, publishers, uh, which is a big thing. In, in the early, in the 90s, when the internet was rocking and rolling and Photoshop was first getting going, it was pretty easy to see that. Uh, you're going to lose your copyright 
if you stayed in the publishing uh, arena uh, with the big publishers like Time and Newsweek and stuff like that. They were asking already for the copyright. So I was very fortunate that I was offered a job at American University as a professor, and um, <laughs> which was kind of a fluke again. And, um, and, and it was a time when all of these programs were um, maturing and, and I was teaching them. And, and so I, I had to stay up till three o'clock every night learning them. But I also learned how to uh, design books in, in that process. And so I, I left the university and I went and developed a website for Lexar Media, which is a, a digital media company, and, um, came, and, and left that. And um, the World War II Memorial was starting and my father had been a World War II veteran. And it turned out that my studio uh, made at the time, her husband was a sculptor. So I've always had an interest in sculptors because I think they're crazy. And um, so I asked if I could go down there and photograph. And she said, well, he's up in Chester, Pennsylvania, building the eagles, which are these 18 foot high eagles. And they're clusters of four with a crown that's 12 feet wide. And they're amazing uh, pieces of sculpture. And, um, and, and technically, and in every way, they're the most difficult things to do. So I, I went up there and um, immediately booked a room for a couple of weeks, um, rented every strobe on the East Coast and lit the whole um, warehouse where they were building these eagles, each, each of which is 18 feet high. So uh, anyway, I, I established a good relationship with them. I knew Senator Dole who had raised the money. They invited me to go with them to Washington to install the Eagles. I said, that'll be no problem. I live there. And so I am the first person you should photograph on a construction site is the crane operator because he sees everything. So uh, the first photograph that I got that was high up and unusual, I mean, you're always looking for unique photographs that people won't be able to get later on. So you give that crane operator his photograph in front of the whole mall. And so I got daily updates from the crane operators on what was going on. And I was able to follow the construction and um, I decided to make a book of it. I ran into, uh, so I, I published the book and the bookstore that was supposed to be there was uh, turned into a park ranger station. So I had no place to sell the books. And I was down at the mall and I ran into this, this guy, Earl Morris, who was carrying oxygen tanks around. And I said, what do you do? And he said, I started this organization called Honor Flight. And, um, and, and Jeff Miller was a part of that. And uh, the next week I met Jeff Miller. And um, so anyway, but, but Earl is a, a very optimistic person and, and, I, and I, I love everybody in Honor Flight because they are optimists and they're, they're good natured and they're wonderful people. And Earl said, uh, are you selling those books? <laughs> I said, am I selling those books? I got 20,000 of them. Anyway, um, he said, I'll take 500. I said, what? <laughs> I said, you're awfully confident that this program of yours is going to get off the ground. And 
sure enough, it's I think I've they've they've moved two hundred and fifty thousand people so far, one at a time. So one of the things that always happened as we circled the World War II Memorial, photographing it and wandering around it before it actually opened up is we always wondered and were disappointed in the fact that that World War II vets would not be able to um, get there. So uh, Earl Morris and Jeff uh, Miller um, made sure they got there. And, and, and you know the story that Jeff Miller went to the airport and said, I'd like to rent the plane. <laughs> and had no experience. And, and so while Earl was the enthusiast, Jeff was the organizer. And so he was the one who brought on our flight to big jets. And so now they bring a hundred to 200 people, stars and stripes on a flight and Wisconsin brings as many as 600 people at a, at a time. I mean, they have three sets of five buses moving around the mall, um, at any one time. So they're also successful, usually entrepreneurs who want to give back to the community. And um, so it's been this um, uh, kind of love story um, between Honor Flight and I, and I've been documenting it because I can't quite figure out what it is that makes these people so nice. So I'm, I'm looking for photographs that make it look nice. So I got to the airport and, and, and and this is Washington's airport. And for the arrivals, they have five, 600, maybe a thousand people who come out every day. Um, and then they, there are people who organize the people who are the, the regular travel travelers into uh, part of that crowd of greeters. So everybody gets a boost from an honor flight arriving or departing and um, and I get a boost every every time I, I photograph them, and so uh, I'm not always successful getting what I want. But um, I've done one small book on honor flight, which I package with my DC photo book, and so they get um, so that honor flight is recognized in the future when um, when they they say Uncle Harry went on that trip or whatever. And so um, it's been a, it's been an amazing experience. I can't. I, I can't say that anyone I know is as lucky as, as I am uh, because uh, to fall into this um, this group of people who are interested in what I do and find publishing practical because it's a gift that they give the, the veterans and it's something the veterans can remember the day about. And I've actually... Um, taken the DC photo book and I've, I've kind of done it as a bus route so that when the veterans are home and they have this coffee size coffee table size book on their coffee table or wherever they have it, uh, that trip is in their mind. And I, I want that trip to be in their mind and in their family's mind. And, and I'm, I'm a proud Washingtonian. I don't know if they accept me as a Washingtonian after 30 years, but um uh, I, I like this city and I like to show it off. So it, it's, it's, it's another treat for me to um, be able to live here and take pictures of this city and update the books. Uh, and knowing digital imaging as I do, I know digital design um, 
uh, I'm lucky enough to be able to change the books to um, change the memorials. And so, uh, yeah, it's very interesting. Well, as a Washingtonian, I can tell you, Stephen, that I have your book sitting right here on my coffee table. Uh, Every time I open it, I think back to the day that I ran around that mall as a kid or I watched the cherry blossoms bloom and having been on the honor flight, now I can look at my honor flight book and remember what a memorable time that was. And I have to say that they are lucky to have you as part of their family because what you uh, are able to capture in their faces and their movements is just absolutely beautiful. So tell us again how we can get more information about you and your books and your photography and and be able to uh, to see everything that you, that you do. Okay, well, uh, the main website is srbphoto.com, and um, uh, it's Stephen Robert Brown, uh, my name, and, and photo.com. Uh, I was lucky to get that. And then I have another website called DC Photo Books, which, and they, they flow back and forth, uh, which is the bookstore for the books, and so you can buy books there. Um, you can see all of the books, and um, the website has a search engine, so you can search for your state if you are a, interested in your honor flight. The honor flights operate, I think, in 41 states, So, and I think I've photographed all of them, so uh, you can see what your honor flight is doing. So, Well, that's really wonderful. Well, Stephen, thank you so much, and I feel like we only just tip the iceberg here on your stories and and all that you do so i would love to have you back on the show sometime and and just keep this conversation going it'll be a great pleasure well thank you Stephen, and i can't wait to see you when you come down this way i know that you're going to be here sometime to visit north carolina's beautiful blue ridge mountains and you know here in western north carolina there are some traditions we look forward to every single year Of course, this year is a little bit different, and that's why the WNC AIDS Project is turning the annual Dining Out for Life event to the Dining In for Life event. Coming up next is Michael Pondle. He's the Development and Communications Coordinator for WINCAP to tell us all about it. So stay tuned. Spring has finally sprung, and with our backyard in full bloom, now is the time to get out and find adventure wherever it may lead. From the mountains to the rivers and all the turf in between, we are no less than blessed with our beautiful backyard right here in western North Carolina. There's a will, there's a way, and for the way we have the wheels to take you wherever you wish to wander. Adventure is waiting, and the choice is yours. Find your adventure vehicle at PrestigeSubaru.com. Prestige Subaru, 585 Tunnel Road in Asheville. And welcome to Subiville. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars, and let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. In other words... Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball. You know, every year we all look forward to the Western North Carolina's AIDS Project's Dining Out for Life event. 
But with things the way they are right now, they're doing something a little different by collaborating with the Asheville Independent Restaurant Association and encouraging all of Western North Carolina's community to dine in for life and support our local restaurants on Thursday, April 29th. And here to tell us all about this important and fun event is Michael Pondle, Development and Communications Coordinator for the Western North Carolina AIDS Project. Michael, it is so great to be here today with you. Oh, it's, it's likewise. Thank you so much for having me, Marilyn. Well, this is a big event, Michael. It happens every year, and we all look forward to it so much. And, you know, being able to dine out certainly is something that we look forward to doing again, but we're doing something a little different. So tell us a little bit about what's going on with the Dine In for Life this time. Yeah, so with the Dining Out for Life event, which has been here in Asheville for going on 20 years now, uh, uh, independent restaurants agree to donate 20% of their gross sales on a single day in April, the last Thursday in April, to the local HIV AIDS organization, which here is the Western North Carolina AIDS Project or WINCAP. So this has been going on for a long time and it's an event that involves over a hundred restaurants, hundreds of volunteers, thousands, tens of thousands customers. It's our biggest fundraiser at WINCAP And it's also the largest day of HIV AIDS awareness in Western North Carolina. This year, given the COVID-19 pandemic and its effects on restaurants, especially independent restaurants, we decided, you know what, we're not going to ask for or solicit any donations from the restaurants. We don't want them to be under any additional strain. And as a matter of fact, we're kind of going to flip the script here. And instead of the restaurants being cheerleaders for WinCap, we're actually going to be cheerleaders for the restaurants and try to drive traffic and celebrate them on the last Thursday in April, which is April 29th this year, because let's face it, they've been our champions for years. They've enabled our clients living with HIV and hepatitis C to survive and thrive. And we want to thank them because, you know, let's face it, it's it hasn't been the big chains who give back to small local nonprofits like WinCap. It has been independent restaurants. So dining for life this year, you know, go out and support participating restaurants any way you can, whether that's takeout, dine-in, delivery, gift card options. And then if you're able, we're asking that you make a contribution to WinCap to help support our HIV prevention and care and harm reduction services, which are all free and have been demand has been at an all-time high this year so we really need community support now more than ever well michael this is awesome because i'm such a big fan of collaboration and community and bringing that all together is is what we are all about and everybody as they've been saying from the very beginning of this time we're all in it together but seriously we really are when we look at the ways that we can come together and help each other out. What a beautiful thing. Well, give us a little bit of a background of WinCap and what your role here is in our community. 
Yeah, so WinCap, the Western North Carolina AIDS Project, was founded in 1986 at the peak of the AIDS crisis by a small group of volunteers. It was based here in Asheville. And our job at that time was basically to serve as hospice caretakers for people who were dying from AIDS. This was a time when ignorance and stigma was very high, uh, when land landlords could kick a tenant out of their building if they found out they were HIV positive or even if they suspected they were. So WinCap did things like we had a house in Montford on Pearson Drive that actually housed people who were living with HIV. And at that time, there were not, um, there was a very high mortality rate because the treatments were not very good. Now, the good news is that as time went on in the mid to late 90s, treatments for HIV got much better. And if a person is connected to medical care now and receiving proper treatment for HIV, they can actually live just as long and healthy a life as anybody else. In fact, there's a phrase that we use a lot in the HIV community now called U equals U, which stands for undetectable equals untransmittable. And basically what that means is that the treatments for HIV are so effective that a person taking them can actually get to the point where the HIV virus cannot be detected in their blood. It's not a cure for HIV, that's important to be said, but it does mean that that person cannot transmit the HIV virus to another person. And that's really big because that means we can stop the spread of HIV by treating people well. So, you know, today in 2021, WinCap's focus is just the same as it was then on HIV prevention and care, HIV testing, case management for people living with HIV, but also our services have expanded to include hepatitis C testing, harm reduction, which includes syringe exchange and distributing naloxone, the anti-overdose drug. So, and our service area is 18 counties in Western North Carolina, and we serve thousands of people across that service area. Wow. Well, we all want to make sure that we can support you and the uh, project, the, the whole package, and to be able to support our Asheville Independent Restaurants. It's just a wonderful gift every way you look at it. So give us information on how we can get more information, how we can donate, what's going on, and make sure that we put it on a calendar because it is on my calendar for sure. Absolutely. Mark your calendars for Thursday, April 29th. It's coming up fast. And honestly, you know, the best and easiest and most fun way to get involved is to dine out or dine in for breakfast, lunch, dinner. We also have coffee shops, breweries, bars, and you can see a full list of all 100 restaurants that are participating on our website, wincap.org. That's W-N-C-A-P dot O-R-G. You can see a full list of the restaurants. You can also make an online donation to WinCap. And anyone who does that between now and April 30th will be automatically entered into our grand prize drawing, which has three really amazing prizes this year, I must say. Okay, well, I'm on that. (laughs) 
<laughs> I want to do that. I And I love the idea that there are so many restaurants that are participating. It just, Michael, I just have to say, you know, we've had this conversation last year, being able to share with my audience what what you're doing and now what the Restaurant Association is doing is, it's just all good. It's good news for our community to get out there and support each other. And I just want to say thank you. Thank you to your team, all the people that are working behind the scenes to help get this event moving and and really encourage everybody to go like you said, dine in or dine out, support the restaurants on April 29th, and most importantly, to donate and help this really important project. Michael, it's always such a pleasure to have you on Speaking of Travel. Such a pleasure. Thank you so much. And tell us again, really quick, how to get onto your website so we can get all that information. Sure. For more information, you can visit wincap.org. That's W-N-C-A-P dot O-R-G. You can also find Wincap on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Well, I am there. And Michael, again, thank you so much. Thank you to all your team, to all the restaurants participating. And we'll, we'll see you out or in. I can't wait. I can't wait. Bon appetit. Bon appetit. Well, I just love the spirit of this event, and I think we can all say we're feeling that spirit when we start to think about traveling again as more and more people are beginning to venture out and reunite with their family and friends. And there's no better place to feel that vibe than at an airport. Coming up next is Tina Kinsey from the Asheville Regional Airport to share why the airport industry is starting to be enthusiastic again. So stay tuned. Spring is blooming and it's the perfect time to get out and explore North Carolina's Blue Ridge Mountains. Create your perfect vacation or staycation in the land of the sky with the region's most popular online travel guide. Not just for couples, RomanticAsheville.com Travel Guide covers a nearly 100-mile radius in and around Asheville, North Carolina. With idyllic weather, beautiful scenery, and a variety of safe and memorable adventures, Western North Carolina is the place to be. Visit RomanticAsheville.com today. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars, and let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. In other words, welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball. So I just returned from a little road trip down to the coast, and I have to tell you, the ocean was a refreshing and healing place to be outside and be with family members I hadn't seen in over a year. We felt this would be a good time to finally reunite in a place that was a safe haven for being all together again. And I think we can all agree the need for us to make connections is what's at the heart of the recovery of travel. The hope we're feeling for our lives to come back around to something that feels like normal is leading us into a new comfort zone and becoming the spirit of traveling. 
And nowhere is this more evident than at airports all over the country. And here at the Asheville Regional Airport, the efforts for recovery have been ongoing, and today the airport is beginning to see air travel returning and people around every gate. And no one could be more excited to see people ready to travel than Tina Kinsey, Director of Marketing, PR, and Air Service Development at the Asheville Regional Airport. And I'm excited to have her on Speaking of Travel today to share her optimism about the future of travel. And Tina, thanks so much for being here. It is always so much fun, Marilyn. Well, Tina, I know that people are beginning to feel more comfortable and safe when they travel by air. And the Asheville Regional Airport has really been doing, from the very beginning last year, just ongoing efforts to ensure that the airport is is safe and that people are well taken care of. What are you seeing today at the airport as far as people getting ready to go places? Well, I'll tell you, the first thing that I see every day when I drive into the airport that is different than what I've seen in months past is a pretty full parking lot. And so (laughs) I'm driving in and I see all the cars. I even see them on the top level of the parking garage. And that says to me that there has been a pent up demand that, that there are many people out there who I think want to go see family members that they have not seen in in a long time because of the pandemic and other you know other reasons for mental health need to to go and be somewhere somewhere else but also business travel we've seen some business travelers start to resume the work that they do and you know just the reasons could go on and on But we are absolutely seeing a quick growth in travel numbers. And, you know, that's just a reflection of what's happening out there in the the world right now. So it is exciting because I live in the world of travel. We certainly want to continue to promote a health and safe travel journey, which we will continue to do. But I think that we've learned that air travel is pretty low risk. Uh, There are a lot of protocols in place, great air filtration systems. And now with vaccines, that is really giving a lot of people the confidence they need to get back on that airplane. This just makes me feel so, so excited because I know that there is that pent up demand. I feel it myself just getting in a car and going on a road trip and visiting a place that I haven't been in such a long time just feels great. When you talk about mental health, uh, nothing could be better than to find a place that's not not the place you've been in for the past year. And I just love the idea that people are finally able to reunite with their loved ones and and be together again. So what do you think about as you're preparing for the summer, as you're seeing this growth right now, what kind of projections are you seeing at the airport as we move into the summer months? Well, the indicators that we get, we do get flight schedule 
numbers. We call it seats in the market. So we can see kind of a forward look at how many seats the airlines are going to have for sale in our market. And we can compare that to previous years, um, you know, just to get an idea of where we will be. And seats in the market are very strong looking ahead this summer. And what that means is that the airlines are seeing stronger advanced bookings. Um, There's a reason they're putting more seats for sale in our market because they, they see that there's a demand for that kind of travel. So we certainly expect to continue to see growing numbers here at the airport. And we're ready. We've been ready. We'll we'll continue to support again, like I said before, that healthy and safe travel journey. Um, I think that's with us from here on out. And we're a health accredited airport, health accredited airport. And we're proud of that. And travel is magical. And it's the industry was really hit hard by this pandemic. So it is, it feels very good to see, see some rebounding and some excitement around travel again. I love it. And I know that things are opening up at the airport as well. Talk a little bit about that, about your, uh, the concessions and what people can expect when they come into the airport, because I know I already am craving those Cinnabons and that smell as soon as you walk in to the airport. Are those starting to open up again? They are. And, you know, you walk into the airport and you, just like you said, you can smell the Cinnabons. And that is something we didn't realize we missed until it was gone. And so, yes, um, we've got at our airport, we have, you know, a sit down restaurant, the Blue Ridge Tavern, it is open, but we've just recently Auntie Anne's and Cinnabon reopened, which is another sign of recovery and growth in travel numbers. So yeah, we're, we're excited about that too. I love it. So give us an idea of when you come into the airport, you were talking about the parking garage and that people are filling them up. So when you come over there to the airport and you're getting ready to take your flight, where are the best places to park your car over there? Sure. Well, we have several options. Hourly, the hourly lot, that's just if you're going to be here for a little bit, an hour or so. Maybe you're here for business or to drop someone off. We also have a daily surface lot. The daily lot is our lowest priced parking option. And there's no covered parking. That's, you know, it's all paved lots. And then we've got our parking garage, which has four levels that are open to the public for parking. Lots and lots of parking there right in front of the airport. We have had questions. We've got a lot that we recently constructed across the street, but it is not open for paid public parking just yet. We will open that lot when demand increases enough to where we need that. There are expenses involved in operating that lot because it would be a shuttle lot. And so we will hold off on opening that until passenger demand increases enough to do so. Well, that sounds like it's right around the corner, Tina, that you're going to be 
doing a lot more growth as we move forward into the summer. So tell us how we can get more information, keep up with what's going on at the airport, and stay tuned in. Well, absolutely. Visit us at our website, flyavl.com, and you can find a lot of ways to connect with us there on on social media. You can sign up for our monthly e-newsletter. There's a quick sign-up form right there uh, on our homepage, and we certainly encourage everyone to connect with us. Well, like you said earlier, you're ready. I think we are all getting ready if we're not ready already. Say that again. (laughs) I don't know that I could. Well, Tina, thank you so much for touching base with us today and giving us an update. We look forward to talking to you every week and finding out what's going on at the airport and, and also just keeping our ears to what's going on in travel overall because there are some exciting times ahead. Absolutely. Thanks so much, Marilyn. Well, thanks, Tina, and thanks to Stephen and Michael for being on Speaking of Travel today. You know, as much as we love to travel and discover new places, we can always plan ways to bring the spirit of travel into our lives every single day. Trying new foods, making a new friend, or revisiting our past travel experiences and sharing our stories with others are all ways to keep the sense of adventure at the forefront. Even if your next trip is still in the future, but you're wanting to shake up your life the way traveling does, take some steps to make the journey into a reality. Dream big. Think about where you want to go and begin searching for great deals. There are so many right now. Researching is actually really fun, and there's no stopping our wanderlust. You can walk around your community or take a road trip to the beach like I did. Whatever you do, keep your sense of discovery alive and never stop being curious. Because remember, life is short. Don't postpone joy. Run!